0: Today on DOOMED! It happened! Ladies and gentlemen, it happened! Donald J. Trump. Real estate magnate. Man from Queens, New York. Owner of the social media platform Truth Social. Former Twitter power user. And I guess he was also the one point or another. I think he was the president of the United States too, right? Uh, He was arrested. Let me put myself up on the screen here. (laughs) Trump. Trump was arrested and arraigned today, folks. And the charges against the guy has uh, been released, and we know uh, what those 34 charges, I believe, are, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've i seen what some uh, cable news experts have said, and they're not, uh, you know, they don't think that anything will come out of it, uh, you know, major, uh, I've seen all sorts of critiques about it, um, I'm not a legal expert. Um, but I will say uh, that I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care because here's the deal. Uh, the dude clearly, based on what's laid out here, uh, ha- there's enough evidence, I should say, for Trump's alleged crimes. And let's be real. Come on. I mean, I'm only uh, I'm being kind by saying alleged. And... The critiques are all about, oh, you know, it shouldn't have gone this far in terms of, like, uh, 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 upgrading it to, a, a, a like, a, the lowest level felony you could. It should have been a misdemeanor. I mean, if the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, presented his case to a grand jury and they decided that to go with this, that, that seems like the system uh, worked as intended, right? I mean— I'm not gonna uh whip out a, a violin for Donald Trump, and of course he, he 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 the 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 odds of him being punished in any way, really like the odds of him being punished in any way um besides just going through this all. slim to none slim to none. I think the, the max penalty is like uh, uh, something like 40 years in prison for, for what Trump has been charged with. But experts say that no way would they give any prison time to uh, someone who was, you know, charged with this for the first time, for a first time offense. Uh like Uncle Slayer in the chat says on YouTube, suddenly the right wing doesn't like DAs. LOL. I mean Yeah. I mean where where are these guys Running out to defend—that's uh, that's the thing. Like I, I mentioned this before, I've said this on the show before, but the the the, the refrain from the right uh, among the number of uh, uh, talking points they have, but one of their favorites is if they could go after a former president, they could go after you. No, they've already been going after us. They go after us every day, and they they go after uh, people. Uh, of uh, various different minority groups even more than they do everybody else. But as a whole, even. Even counting all the regular white people out there, the average American who is white, even counting all of them, they go after all of them more than they go after the powerful like Trump. So yeah, I uh, I think it's already been that way. And this is proof that, hey, it could actually be the other way around. Where hey uh imagine if along uh, <laughs> uh along with uh you know saying that uh yeah't even imagine if <laughs> instead of going after us they went after these people actually in power, I mean really now, really now really now, so you know i i I don't really care and another favorite from the right is oh. Uh, And I should say, I would care obviously if this was actually the political hit they think it is. No, the dude, the 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 dude committed allegedly crimes, and they laid it out. They laid out the thirty-four charges. To to argue over uh what level they should have been charged. I mean, I don't really care to have that argument because that that's ridiculous. Honestly, that's ridiculous. What they're accusing Trump of doing will be no different. And, uh, oh, people in the chat, there's some good news out of Wisconsin and the Chicago elections going on. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, But that's good to hear. I am going... This is just a me show today. You know, I, I I had on... Uh, Two weeks ago, when this all broke, and there was the rumors that the the, uh, DA Alvin Bragg was going to charge Trump, was going to you know put out uh, you know indict Trump, the grand jury I should say that he uh, got together was going to indict Trump. I had on Lance from the Serfs, and we had a a pretty uh, you know Mm. spanning everything we could possibly talk about with the knowledge we had at that time, Um, and. You know, and then on um on uh the Thursday show I do leftist mafia uh when well, this past Thursday when we knew that he was going to be indicted and he had planned to go to uh come to New York on on Tuesday and bring and turn himself in him, we discussed even more and I I usually try to not talk about things that the mainstream are talking about. Or I try to find another angle. But folks, I do a show pretty much every single week of the year. I mean, more if you count the other shows I do. But I do Doomed, this show, Doomed with Matt Binder, one week every year. Maybe I take some days off every now and then. But I would say there's a good, like, 48 to 50. 50 shows per year that I do of just this program and there will be 47 to 49 episodes where I'll be talking about things that the rest of the mainstream media are not talking about. But today, how can I, how can I help but not read the, 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 um, first of all, I'm going to read the, uh, press release. The indictment and the statement of facts. Now, will I read the whole thing? We'll see how how long it takes. They're not that long, actually. Um, but I think it's it'll be a good time to go through this. And I know Trump is apparently back at Mar-a-Lago. He took a plane back to Mar-a-Lago uh, after he was, you know, uh, uh, arraigned and everything. And... You anyway, know, let me let me bring up some photos. Of people watching the stream, uh, people listening to the podcast. Don't worry, I'm not going to do it for have them up for long. But here, here's Trump when he's entering. <laughs> this is Trump when he's entering the um, Manhattan Court, fist in the air, fist pumping in the air. You know, obviously, uh, modern day Nelson Mandela over here. And then we have. Where is this? We have. Him sitting in the courtroom. Uh, this one, this was a pretty good good shot. This is a pretty good one. Trump sitting in the courtroom. I I enjoy this shot. Uh, he looks miserable. Uh, <laughs> he's sitting at the desk. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good shot. Uh, we don't get a mug shot. Obviously, Trump didn't go in in cuffs. We we knew the cuffs wasn't happening. You know, we knew there was be you no know, perp walk. We knew there's no jail cell. I hope for the cuffs. I mean, excuse me, not the cuffs. I hope for a mugshot. That I thought we would get, but apparently we don't get that. They're not going to do it. And some people thought that maybe they purposely didn't do it so Trump couldn't uh, roll out a a T-shirt, use it to his advantage, and I get it. He did it anyway. (laughs) He did it anyway. Uh, This is a Trump email. People on his mailing list uh, received. Let me pull that up on the screen uh with uh a call for donations and obviously uh with a uh contribution of 47 or more dollars 47 jeez you can get this donald trump fake mugshot shirt that says not guilty on it uh pretty incredible pretty incredible of course obviously the uh the little like uh the, the name plate they put in front of him, the for the fake one, they put President Donald J. Trump, cause as of course, as they would in real life, if that happened, um, and there were there were, you know, I I I considered going down to the the courthouse today before Trump got there. But if you look at the videos and everything, it's it was insane. And not insane like, oh my God, so much going on. So many Trump supporters. Um, it was crazy. No, 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 no. It was like 95% press and media. I would say another 4.5% anti-Trump. Counter protesters, and like 05 percent of it were Trump supporters, and they were constantly getting drowned out and surrounded by the media. I know uh, George Santos went down there and immediately left because he couldn't get anywhere near the courthouse. Marjorie Taylor Green went down there, and I actually I actually pulled some video of Marjorie Taylor Green. Maybe we'll we'll save that for a little bit. We'll save that for a little bit. Uh but she went down there, tried to talk, she was drowned out by uh counter protesters, and then she basically went to her car and did all the right-wing media from her car. And I have some of those clips. Uh ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um But yeah, let's you know, I I I, I, I thought, we gotta do this. How often? And this is I mean, how often? It's never happened before. First time a former president charged with a crime indicted arrested arraigned we got to we got to talk about it let's uh let's pull this up let's pull this up Let me um oh, let me get this in a new window. I'm sorry, just give me one second. I know this is not riveting uh to hear me set things up, but let me just put this into window so I can pull it up on screen. Alright, so let's let's now screen share. And now let's read. So Let's even, let's make this smaller so we get it all on screen for you all. There we go. Okay. All right. Here we go. This is the press release. Let's get to the press release first. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg today announced the indictment of Donald J. Trump, 76, for falsifying New York business records in order to conceal damaging information and unlawful activity from American voters before and after the 2016 election. During the election, Trump and others employed a catch-and-kill scheme to identify, purchase, and bury negative information about him and boost his electoral prospects. Trump then went to great lengths to hide this conduct, causing dozens of false entries in business records to conceal criminal activity, including attempts to violate state and federal election laws. The people who did directly violate those, which is what I—I brought that up two shows ago on the Trump show— With uh, uh, Lance from the Serfs. And I assume they would have, uh, we're going to do something with that. Maybe they don't have enough. Maybe they're still looking into that. Uh, I can tell you that there are multiple investigations still into Donald Trump, ones that would actually be bigger than this, like uh, the investigation in Georgia, where they're looking into his attempt to overturn the election uh, by pressure and blackmail, and I think maybe even threaten. Uh, the election uh, official down in uh, uh, Georgia for the 2020 election and there's a few other ones too and I think January 6th one involves January 6th as well um, but he has not been charged with uh, violating election laws I believe we'll get' we'll let we'll read these I, they're all related to the falsifying business records here we go Trump is charged in a New York State Supreme Court indictment with 34 counts of falsifying business records in the first degree Uh... And here's a quote from uh, Bragg. The people of the state of New York allege that Donald Trump repeatedly and fraudulently falsified New York business records to conceal crimes that hid damaging information from the voting public during the 2016 presidential election. Manhattan is home to the country's most significant business market. We cannot allow New York businesses to manipulate their records to cover up criminal conduct. As the statement of facts describes, the trails of the trail of money and lies exposes a pattern that the people allege violates one of New York's basic and fundamental business laws. At this as this office has done time and time again, we today uphold our solemn responsibility to ensure that everyone stands equal before the law. According to court documents and statements made on the record in court from August 2015, and these statements, by the way, uh, I believe come from uh, a number of different uh, witnesses, including Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen. Uh, From August 2015 to December 2017, Trump orchestrated his catch and kill scheme through a series of payments that he then concealed through months of false business entries. Um, in one instance, oh, wait, this, all right, here, here we go. This is going to get juicy. This is from the, this is from the, uh, this is from the press statement. Now, this first one, I don't believe they charged them with anything yet or if they're going to at all. I don't know why, but they mentioned it in the press release. In one instance, American Media Inc., AMI, that's the parent company of the National Enquirer, the National Enquirer, paid $30,000 to a former Trump Tower doorman who claimed to have a story about a child that Trump had out of wedlock. (laughs) Uh, All right. I mean, we did know about this one. I think everyone just forgot. But if you Google it, this was a story that was out there in like 2018, I want to say. But a lot of stuff has happened since 2018. Uh, Not even just in politics. so i get that people might have forgotten. In a second instance, AMI paid $150,000 to a woman who alleged who alleged she who alleged, excuse me, she had a sexual relationship with Trump when Trump explicitly directed a lawyer who then worked for the Trump organization as Trump's special counsel, that's Michael Cohen, to reimburse AMI in cash. The special counsel uh, indicated to Trump that the payment should be made via a shell company and not by cash. AMI ultimately declined to accept reimbursement after consulting their counsel. AMI, which later admitted its conduct was unlawful in an agreement with federal prosecutors, made false entries in its business records concerning the true purpose of the $150,000 payment. Now, I should say, this $150,000 payment that we're talking about in this second instance is not Stormy Daniels. It's former Playboy Playmate Karen McDougal, who I think a lot of people have forgotten about, she was paid $150,000 to not speak about an alleged affair she had in Trump. She had, whoa, excuse me, she had with Trump. Excuse me. In a third instance, now this is the Stormy Daniels one, 12 days before the presidential general election, the special counsel Wired $130,000 to an attorney for an adult film actress, the special counsel, who has since pleaded guilty and served time in prison, that's Michael Cohen, for making the illegal campaign contribution, made the payment through a shell corporation funded through a bank in Manhattan. After winning the election, Trump reimbursed the special counsel through a series of monthly checks. First from the Donald J. Trump revocable trust created in New York to hold the Trump organization's assets during Trump's presidency and later from Trump's bank account. In total, 11 checks were issued for a phony purpose. Nine of those checks were signed by Trump. Each check was processed by the Trump organization and allegedly disguised the payment for legal services rendered pursuant to a non-existent retainer agreement. In total, 34 false entries were made in New York business records to conceal the initial covert $130,000 payment. Further participants in the scheme took steps that mischaracterized for tax purposes the true nature of the reimbursements. Um, And then it goes on to list which assistant DAs are involved and the charges falsifying business records in the first degree a class E felony, thirty four counts. And says defendant information: Donald J. Trump of Palm Beach, Florida. So there's there's an indictment, and I I, I will read a few of this. I don't think we need to read all thirty four counts. Um, uh, I mean maybe there is a juicy thing. Well, well, it's sixteen pages. It's not that long, honestly, but it might be not that great to read. And then there's the um. The uh, whatchamacallit, the statement of facts, which is actually a little bit more interesting. And that's only 13 pages. Uh, All right, cool. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, a sitting cow pointed out they're all identical. Yeah, so I'll, I'll read at the beginning of the indictment. And they're all identical because it's various different counts for each time it was, you know, each instance. But it's the same thing. So let me, i read the beginning. The Supreme Court of the State of New York, County of New York, the people of the State of New York against Donald J. Trump. I just want to take a second here and say, I don't know if I've ever been prouder to be a New Yorker. <laughs> I mean, that's me. The people of the State of New York against Donald J. Trump that's me I'm, 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 I'm the people of New York state, that's me the people of New York i.e. Matt Binder v. Donald J. Trump, it's official the grand jury of the county of New York by this indictment inclu- uh, accuses the defendant of the crime of falsifying business records in the first degree in violation of penal law 17510 committed as follows the defendant in the county of new york and elsewhere on or about february 14th 2017 happy valentine's day jeez with the intent of the fraud a happy valentine's day melania i guess right with the intent of the fraud and intent to commit another crime and aid and conceal the commission thereof Maiden caused a false entry in the business records of an enterprise, to wit, an invoice from Michael Cohen dated February fourteenth, two thousand seventeen, marked as a record of the Donald J. Trump revocable, revocable trust and kept and maintained by the Trump Organization. Second count, and the grand jury aforesaid by this indictment further accuses the defendant of the crime of falsifying business records in the first degree uh, Defendant in the county of New York and elsewhere on or about February 14th 2017 eh, same thing pretty much yeah same thing same thing each time it looks like I- I'll just read uh... yeah it's pretty much the same I- I'll read the- I'll, re- I'll finish reading that first one and then we'll, we'll uh, move on the defendant of the county of New York and elsewhere on or about February 14, 2017 with the intent of defraud and intent to commit another crime and aid and conceal the commission thereof made and caused a false entry in the business records of an enterprise to wait an entry in the detailed general ledger for the Donald J. Trump Revocable trust uh, bearing voucher number 842457 and kept maintained by the Trump organization. I'm assuming each one of these will have a different uh, check number. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. There you go. But here we go. The, now the statement of fact is interesting. This gets into the This actually gets into the details. This is like them laying out the case right here. The defendant, Donald J Trump, repeatedly and fraudulently falsified New York business records to conceal criminal conduct that hid damaging information from the voting public during the 2016 presidential election. From the 20 from August 2015 to December 2017 the defendant orchestrated a scheme with others to influence the 2016 presidential election by identifying and purchasing negative information about him to suppress its publication and benefit the defendant's electoral prospects. In order to execute the unlawful scheme, the participants violated election laws and made and caused false entries in the business records of various entities in New York. The participants also took steps that mischaracterized for tax purposes the true nature of the payments made in furtherance of the scheme. One component of the scheme was that at the defendant's request, a lawyer who then worked for the Trump Organization as special counsel to defendant, Lawyer A, this is Michael Cohen, I don't know why they call him Lawyer A here when they previously mentioned his name, um, but that is Michael Cohen, covertly paid $130,000 to an adult film actress shortly before the election to prevent her from publicizing a sexual encounter with the defendant. Lawyer A made the $130,000 payment through a shell corporation he set up and funded at a bank in Manhattan. This payment was illegal, and Lawyer A has since pleaded guilty to making an illegal campaign contribution and served time in prison. Further, false entry... Imagine going to prison for Donald Trump, man. Oh, my God. what? A, I mean, this guy may be singing like a canary now, but what a... Jeez. Imagine going to prison because you paid someone off for Donald Trump, and Donald Trump's not even going to go to prison. God, what a cuck. Further, false entries were made in New York business records to effectuate this payment, separate and apart from the New York business records used to conceal the payment. After the election, the defendant reimbursed Lawyer A for the illegal payment through a series of monthly checks. First, from the Donald J. Trump Revocable Trust, the defendant's trust, a trust created under the laws of New York, which held the Trump Organization entity assets after the defendant was elected president, and then from the defendant's bank account. Each check was processed by the Trump Organization. And each check was disguised as a payment for legal services rendered in a given month of 2017 pursuant to a retainer agreement. The payment records, kept and maintained by the Trump Organization, were false New York business records. In truth, there was no retainer agreement and Lawyer A was not being paid for legal services rendered in 2017. The defendant caused his entity's business records to be falsified to disguise his and others' criminal conduct. The defendant is the beneficial owner of a collection of business entities known by the trade name the Trump organization. The Trump organization compromises approximately five hundred separate entities among other business activities, own and manage gol- uh, excuse me own and manage hotels, golf courses, commercial real estate condominium, condominium. Uh, developments, and other properties. The Trump Organization is headquartered at 725 Fifth Avenue in New York County. All right. For approc- From approximately June 2015 to November 2016, the defendant was a candidate for the Office of President of the United States. On January 20, 2017, he became President of the United States. That's wild to read in one of these, honestly. <laughs> All right, here we go. The Scheme. The catch and kill scheme to suppress negative information. During and in furtherance of his candidacy for president, the defendant and others agreed to identify and suppress negative stories about him. Two parties to this agreement have admitted to committing illegal conduct in connection with the scheme. In August 2018, Lawyer A pleaded guilty to federal crimes involving illegal campaign contributions and subsequently served time in prison. In addition, in August 2018, American Media Inc., AMI, a media company that owned and published magazines and supermarket tabloids including the National Enquirer, admitted in a non-prosecution agreement that it made a payment to a source of a story to ensure that the source did not publicize damaging allegations about the defendant before the 2016 presidential election and thereby influence that election. The 2015 Trump Tower Meeting In June 2015, the defendant announced his candidacy for President of the United States. Soon after, in August 2015, the defendant met with lawyer A, an AMI's chairman and chief executive officer, the AMI CEO. Now, I'm not sure why they don't say his name, um, but his name is David Pecker, the uh, former CEO of American Media Inc. AMI. So, uh, Pecker. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's why they left it out. (laughs) At the meeting, the AMI CEO, Becker, agreed to help with the defendant's campaign, saying that he would act as the eyes and ears for the campaign by looking out for negative stories about the defendant and alerting lawyer A, Michael Cohen, before the stories were published. The AMI CEO also agreed to publish negative stories about the defendant's competitors for the election. Suppressing the doorman story a few months later in or about October or November, 2015, the AMI CEO learned that a former Trump tower doorman, AKA the doorman was trying to sell information regarding a child that the defendant had allegedly fathered out of wedlock. Uh, uh, I.e uh Eric Trump no I'm just joking about that I, I, I don't man, who knows but that was a joke uh, At the ami CEO's direction, ami negotiated and signed an agreement to pay the doorman thirty thousand dollars to acquire exclusive rights to the story. I'll be honest I think the the uh, the following a child out of wedlock would have been a bigger story than um, than Trump having relations with uh, an adult film star. I mean, if I was his doorman, I would have been pissed that I only negotiated 30K. After finding out that Stormy Daniels was able to get 130K. I, I'd be like, what the fuck? I should have went, should have I should have asked for 250, 250K at least. Dorman greatly, greatly undervalued himself. Here's a little tip. I'm not I'm not, I'm not president deals, but here's a little tip. If you want. Uh, If if you're in negotiations and you're asked to give them an offer, shoot for the stars. Go as high as you want with another number in mind that's more in the ballpark of reasonable that you're willing to settle on because this does one of two things. One, hell, you might get that high number. So ask, bring it up, say that's what, that's your, your, your asking price. And number two, if you do negotiate, maybe it'll be even higher than the, 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 the number that you want to eventually land on. And then of course, when you do land on that number, you eventually land on, it's going to look good for them, even though you had it in your mind as the number you're looking for, because they thought you were sincerely asking for that, uh, shooting, you know, uh, shooting for the stars, uh, asking price. Just Doorman could have used that advice. Doorman could use that advice. Thirty k. Oof. Guy be kicking himself for that one. Uh, all right, here we go. Doorman's... Uh, Am I negotiated and signed an agreement to pay the Doorman thirty k to acquire exclusive rights to the store. Am I falsely characterized this payment in AMI's books and records, including in its general ledger? Am I purchased the information from the Doorman? without fully investigating his claims, but the AMI CEO CEO, Pecker directed that the deal take place because of his agreement with the defendant and Lawyer A. When AMI later concluded that the story was not true, the AMI CEO wanted to release the doorman from the agreement. However, Lawyer A instructed the AMI CEO not to release the doorman until after the presidential election and the AMI CEO complied with that instruction because of his agreement with the defendant and lawyer A. Suppressing one woman one's count. About five months before the presidential election, in or about June 2016, the editor-in-chief of the National Enquirer and the AMI's chief content officer, um, the AMI editor-in-chief, um, wait, is that Pecker actually? No, no, Pecker is the the CEO. Okay. I don't know who the editor-in-chief was. Okay, who cares, though? Let's get back to the uh, um, uh, editor-in-chief, National Choir and AMI's chief content officer contacted Lawyer A about a woman, woman one. Um, that would be not Stormy Daniels again. That would be um, uh, former Playboy Playmate Karen McDougal. Uh, contacted lawyer, uh, contacted like Michael Cohen about a woman, woman one who alleged she had a sexual relationship with the defendant while he was married. AMI editor in chief updated lawyer A regularly about the matter over text message and by telephone. Can you imagine those uh, text messages and, and phone calls though? Uh, the up to the minute <laughs> information about imagine getting imagine getting. A, Regular calls updating you on the status of Donald Trump's affair with a former Playboy playmate. <laughs> the defendant did not want this information to become public. Again, that's Donald Trump because he was concerned about the effect it could have on his candidacy. Therefore, the defendant and CEO and lawyer A had a series of discussions about who should pay off woman one to secure her silence. AMI ultimately paid $150,000 to Woman One in exchange for her agreement not to speak out about the alleged sexual relationship, as well as for two magazine covers, features of Woman One, and a series of articles that would be published under her byline. AMI falsely characterized this payment in AMI's books and records, including in its general ledger. The AMI CEO agreed to the deal after discussing it with both the defendant and Lawyer A, and on the understanding from Lawyer A, the defendant or the Trump Organization would reimburse AMI. In a conversation captured in an audio recording in approximately September 2016 concerning Woman One's account, the defendant and lawyer, remember this is now two months before the election day in 2016, the defendant and Lawyer A, that's Trump and Cohen, discussed how to obtain the rights to Woman One's account from AMI and how to reimburse AMI for its payment. Lawyer A told the defendant he would open up a company for the transfer of Woman One's account and other information and stated that he had spoken to the chief financial officer for the Trump Organization and how, uh, about how to set the whole thing up. This is a quote. The defendant asked, so what do we got to pay for this? Or should I say, uh, so what do we got to pay for this? One fifty, And suggested paying by cash. Should we pay with cash? Uh, When Lawyer A disagreed, the defendant then mentioned payment by check. What about check? After the conversation, Lawyer A created a shell company called Resolution Consultants LLC on or about September 30th, 2016. Less than two months before the election the AMI CEO signed the agreement in which AMI agreed to transfer its rights to Woman One's account to Lawyer A's shell company for $125,000. However, after the assignment agreement was signed, but before the reimbursement took place, the AMI CEO consulted with the AMI's general counsel and then told Lawyer A that the deal to transfer rights to the Lawyer A's shell company was off. Suppressing, woman two's account. About one month before the election, on or about October seventh, two thousand sixteen, news broke that the defendant had been caught on tape saying to the host of Access Hollywood, "That's Billy Bush. <laughs> I just start kissing them, women. Uh, that's what he's talking about. I just start kissing them. Oh, I just I should have just pulled the tape to play it." Just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab him by the... <laughs> and they put genitals in parentheses. He doesn't say genitals. He just grab him by the pussy. You can do anything. Uh, the evidence shows that both the defendant and his campaign staff were concerned that the tape would harm his viability as a candidate and reduce his standing with female voters in particular. As a side note... Uh, their worries turned out to be wrong, <laughs> unfortunately. Christ Almighty, remember those days back when we thought normal things would uh, happen uh, when things like this would get out. Christ, Christ. Anyway, back to the uh, the statement of fact. Uh, shortly after the Access Hollywood tape became public, the AMI editor in chief contacted the AMI CEO. About another woman, woman two. This is Stormy Daniels, who alleged she ha- who alleged she had a sexual encounter with the defendant while he was married. The AMI CEO took the AMI editor in chief to notify lawyer A. On or about October tenth, two thousand sixteen, the AMI editor in chief connected lawyer A with the woman two's lawyer, uh, lawyer B. Lawyer A then negotiated. This is Stormy Daniels' lawyer, lawyer B. Lawyer A then negotiated a deal with Lawyer B to secure Woman 2's silence and prevent disclosure of the damaging information in the final weeks before the presidential election. Under the deal with Lawyer B negotiated, Woman 2 would be paid $130,000 for the rights to her account. The defendant directed Lawyer A to delay making a payment to Woman 2 as long as possible. This is really interesting. He instructed Lawyer A that if they could delay the payment until after the election, they could avoid paying altogether because at that point it would not matter if the story became public, as reflected in emails and text messages between and among lawyer A, lawyer B, and AMI editor in chief. Lawyer A attempted to delay making payment as long as possible. So let me let me break this down. Donald Trump had a plan that he tried to roll out with Michael Cohen, but it was Donald Trump's plan to delay paying Stormy Daniels the agreed 130 k for as long as he could in hopes that they would get to election day. She would not have gone public because she was waiting for this payment and didn't want to screw it up. And then immediately after the election results, they would just go, oh, payment off. We're not paying you, Stormy. You're fired. Because they would deem, who cares if she comes out with the story then? He's already won the election. So there would be no impact to the election. I mean, that's the art of the deal, baby. That's the art of the deal. But not quite. Ultimately, with pressure mounting and the election approaching, the defendant agreed to pay off and directed, agreed to the payoff and directed lawyer A to proceed. Lawyer A discussed the deal with the defendant and the, uh, the, uh, T.O. C.F.O., uh, I think that's 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 the Trump Organization. Right, 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 right. Uh, the defendant did not want to make the 130 k payment himself and asked lawyer A, Michael Cohen, and the uh, Trump uh, Organization chief financial officer to find a way to make the payment. After discussing various payment options with the TOCFO, Michael Cohen agreed that he would make the payment. Before making the payment, Cohen confirmed with Trump that Trump would pay him back. Mm, bad, bad idea, Michael Cohen. <laughs> on or about October 26, shortly after speaking with Trump on the phone, Cohen opened a bank account in Manhattan in the name of Essential Consultants LLC, a new shell company he had created to effectuate the payment. He then transferred $130,000 from his personal home equity line of credit into the account. What a fucking cuck. I swear to God. Christ almighty. $131,000 of his own personal home equity line of credit in order to help cover for Trump. With no guarantee Trump would pay him back. What a loser. Christ. My God. Like like a social communist in the Twitch chat points out, with knowledge that Trump rarely pays people back. Right. Trump's long history of not only not paying people back, but not paying people uh, his bills, not paying people like contractors, not paying people for services rendered to him or his companies, knowing all that. As his legal counsel. Christ. On or about October 27, Cohen wired 130k from Essential Consultants account in New York to Stormy Daniels' lawyer to suppress Stormy Daniels' account. Post-election communications with AMI CEO. On November 8, 2016, the defendant won the presidential presidential election. ...and became the president-elect. Therefore, AMI released... Thereafter, I should say, AMI released both Doorman and Woman One from their non-disclosure agreements. The defendant was inaugurated as president and on January 20, on January 20th, 2017. Between Election Day and Inauguration Day, during the period of the defendant's transition to his role as president... ...the defendant met with the AMI CEO privately in Trump Tower in Manhattan... The defendant thanked the MICO for handling the stories of the Doorman and Woman 1. Again, this is Trump thanking the CEO of National Enquirer's parent company and invited the CEO to the inauguration. In the summer of 2017, the defendant invited the CEO to the White House for a dinner to thank him for his help during the campaign. The defendant falsified business records. Shortly after being elected president, the defendant arranged to reimburse Lawyer A for the payoff he made on the defendant's behalf. In or around January 2017, the uh, Trump CFO and Cohen met to discuss how Cohen would be reimbursed for the money he paid to ensure Stormy Daniels' silence. The Trump CFO asked Cohen to bring a copy of the bank statement for the Essential Consultants account showing the hundred thirty k payment. The Trump CFO and Cohen agreed to a total repayment Amount of 420K. They reached that figure by adding a 130K payment to a 50K payment for another expense for which Lawyer A also claimed reimbursement for a total of 180K. The Trump CFO then doubled that amount to 130K so that Lawyer A could characterize the payment as income on his tax returns instead of a reimbursement and Cohen would be left with 180k after paying approximately 50k excuse me after pro- paying approximately 50% in income taxes. Finally, the Trump CFO added an additional 60k as a supplemental year-end bonus. Together, these amounts totaled 420k. The Trump CFO memorialized these calculations in handwritten notes on the copy of the bank statement that Cohen had provided. The defendant, Trump, the Trump CFO and Cohen then agreed that Cohen would be paid the hundred for the 420K through 12 monthly payments of 35K over the course of 2017. Each month, Cohen was to send an invoice to the defendant through the Trump Organization employees, falsely requesting payment of 35K for legal services rendered in a given month of 2017, pursuant to retainer agreement. At no point did lawyer A have a retainer agreement with the defendant or the Trump organization. In early February 2017, Trump and Cohen met in the Oval Office at the White House and confirmed this repayment agreement. So this this scheme, the illegal scheme, was set up in the Oval Office in the White House as well, to make that clear. On or about February 14, 2017, Lawyer A emailed the controller of the Trump Organization, the first monthly invoice, which stated pursuant to the retainer agreement, kindly remit payment for services rendered for the months of January and February 2017. The invoice requested payment in the amount of thirty five k for each of those two months. The Trump CFO approved the payment, and in turn, the Trump controller sent the invoice to the Trump Organization Accounts Payable Supervisor with the following instructions. Post to legal expenses. Retainer for the months of January and February 2017 in the description. Cohen submitted 10 similar monthly invoices by email to the Trump Organization for the remaining months in 2017. Each invoice falsely stated that it was being submitted pursuant to the retainer agreement and falsely requested payment for services rendered for a month in 2017. In fact, there was no such retainer agreement and uh, lawyer A. Cohen was not being paid for services rendered in any month of 2017. The Trump controller forwarded each invoice to the Trump accounts payable supervisor, consistent with the Trump, organi- uh, the Trump organization controllers of initial instructions. The Trump accounts payable supervisor printed out each invoice and marked it with an accounts payable stamp in the general ledger code 51505 for legal expenses. The Trump org maintained the invoices records of expenses paid. As instructed, the Trump Accounts Payable Supervisor recorded each payment in the Trump Organization's electronic accounting system, falsely describing it as a legal expense pursuant to a retainer agreement for a month of 2017. The Trump Organization maintained a digital entry for each expense, called it a voucher, and these vouchers, like vouchers for other expenses, became part of the Trump Organization's general ledgers. The Trump organization's accounts payable supervisor then prepared checks with an attached check stub for approval and t- signature. The first check was paid from the defendant's trust and signed by the Trump Organization CFO and Trump's son uh, a trust, as trustees. Which son? I'm assuming Eric at this point because isn't is either one who's in charge of Trump organization while Trump was president. The check stub falsely recorded the payment as retainer for the dates uh, rendered. Uh, The second check for March 2017 was also paid from the trust and signed by two trustees. The check stopped falsely recorded the payment as retainer for and then the date of the payment rendered. The the, the services rendered, I should say. The remaining nine checks corresponding to the months of April through December of 2017 were paid by the defendant personally. Each of the checks, such as Trump's personal account, uh, each of the checks was cut from the defendant's bank account and sent along with the corresponding invoices from Lawyer A from the Trump Organization in New York County to defendant in Washington, D.C. Uh, the checks and stubs bearing the false statements were stapled to the invoices also bearing false statements. The defendant signed each of the checks personally and had them sent back to the Trump Organization in New York County. There, the checks, the stubs, and the invoices were scanned and maintained in the Trump Organization's data system before the checks themselves were detached and mailed to lawyer A for payment. The thirty-five K payment stopped after the December twenty seventeen payment. <clears throat> Just uh, three more pages. The investigation into lawyer A and the defendant's pressure campaign. All right, here we go. This is this is what's going on. This is what got them here now. What they were looking into. On or about April 9, 2018, the FBI executed a search warrant on Lawyer A's residences and office. In the months that followed, the defendant and others engaged in a public and private pressure campaign to assure that Cohen did not cooperate with law enforcement in the federal investigation. On the day of the FBI searches, uh, Cohen called to speak with Trump to to let him know what had occurred. In a return call, Trump told Cohen to stay strong. (laughs) Ha ha! (laughs) On or about April 21st, 2018, the defendant publicly commented on Twitter, encouraging Cohen uh, not to flip, stating most people, most people will flip if the government lets them out of trouble, even if it means lying or making up stories. Sorry, I don't see Cohen doing that. In mid-April 2018, Cohen was also approached by an attorney, Lawyer C here now, a new new attorney enters the chat, who offered to represent him in the interest of maintaining a back channel of communication to Trump. On April 21st, 2018, Lawyer C emailed Cohen, highlighting that he had a close relationship with Trump's personal attorney, Lawyer D, another attorney enters the chat, and stating, this could not be a better situation for the president or you. Later that day, lawyer C emailed Cohen again, writing, "I spoke with lawyer D. Very, very positive. You are loved." Uh, lawyer D said, "This communication channel must be maintained. Sleep well tonight. You have friends in high places." Christ, this really does sound like some like uh, uh, mafia s thing, doesn't it? Like, uh, uh, let me here we go. Let's get back to this. All right, uh, see here. Uh, This could not be a better situation for the president or you, see? I spoke with Trump's personal lawyer, see? Very, very positive. You are loved. Uh, The lawyer said this communication channel, though, it, it must be maintained, you see? Sleep well tonight. You have friends in high places. You are loved. That sounds like you are... I spoke with loyalty very, very positive. You are loved. That sounds like what happens, what they say right before they have you turn around and they whack you, right? Sleep sleep well tonight. You know you're getting whacked. <laughs> sleep well tonight. You be sleeping with the fishes. It's more like it. On or about June 14th, 2018, Lawyer C emailed Lawyer A a news clip discussing the possibility of Cohen cooperating and continued to urge him not to cooperate with law enforcement, writing, the whole objective of this exercise by the federal prosecutors is to drain you emotionally and financially until you reach a point That you see them as your only means to salvation. In the same email, Lawyer C wrote, you are making a very big mistake if you believe the stories these journalists are writing about you. They want you to cave. They want you to fail. They do not want you to persevere and succeed. All right, I got to do it here. I got to do it. Uh, Michael, Michael, look, Michael. You see here, all right. The whole objective of this exercise by the federal prosecutors is to drain you emotionally and financially until you reach that point that you see them as your only means to salvation. Capiche? You are making a very big mistake. If you believe the stories that these journalists are writing about you, They want you to cave. They want you to fail, see? They do not want you to persevere and succeed. On August 21st, 2018, Lawyer A pleaded guilty in the federal investigation. The next day, on or about August 22nd, 2018, uh, the defendant commented on Twitter, If anyone is looking for a good lawyer, I would strongly suggest that you don't retain the services of Michael Cohen later that day the defendant posted to twitter again stating i feel very bad for uh, and then one of his former campaign managers would be crippledly charged saying i'm guessing steve Bannon. i don't remember honestly i guess i could go back and find the tweet but let's just keep going unlike michael cohen he refused to break makeup stories in order to get a deal Uh, lawyer A and AMI admit guilt in connection with payoffs of woman one and woman two. Ultimately, other participants in the scheme admitted that the payoffs were unlawful. In or about September 2018, AMI entered into a non-prosecution agreement with the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York in connection with AMI's payoff of woman one, admitting that at no time during the negotiation or acquisition of a woman woman one's story did AMI intend to publish the story. Or disseminate information about it publicly. Rather, AMI admitted that it made the payment to ensure that Woman One did not publicize damaging allegations about the defendant before the 2016 presidential election and thereby influenced the, that election. Can't believe you can't trust the uh, parent company of the National Enquirer. Unbelievable. Uh, in August 21st, 2018, Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to a felony in connection with his role in AMI's payoff to Woman One, admitting in his guilty plea that he had done so at the Trump's direction. On or about the summer on or about the summer of twenty sixteen in coordination with and at the direction of a candidate for federal office, I and the CEO of a media company at the request of the candidate worked together to keep an individual with the information with information that would be harmful to the candidate and to the campaign from publicly disclosing this information. After a number of discussions, we eventually accomplished this goal by the media company entering into a contract with the individual under which she received compensation of 150K. I participated in this conduct, which on my part took place in Manhattan for the principal purpose of influencing the election. Uh, Cohen also pleaded guilty to a felony connection with his payoff of woman two. To secure her silence against the defendant's direction, lawyer A. Cohen admitted as part of his guilty plea. On or about October of 2016, in coordination with and in the direction of the same candidate, I arranged to make a payment to a second individual with the information that would be harmful to the candidate and to the campaign to keep the individual from disclosing the information. To accomplish this, I used a company that was under my control to make a payment in the sum of to make a payment in the sum of 130k. The monies I advanced to my company were later repaid to me by the candidate. I participated in this conduct, which on my part took place in Manhattan for the principal purpose of influencing the election. And That's it. That's the whole thing. That's, that's the deal here. That's, that's what's going on. I mean, this is, this is a big deal, I think. Um. Again, don't think anything's going to come out of it, but the fact that it happened is uh, definitely a big deal. Uh, and who knows, maybe, maybe Trump will, uh, yeah, well, there'll be a trial, uh, probably. I'm assuming, and uh, we'll see what happens. Right? Again, I don't think mean, he's not gonna go to jail, but who knows what what's gonna happen? Who knows what's gonna happen? Who knows what what is what is uh, what, what the what 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 they'll? Uh, I mean, if they find him guilty, and there's some sort of, then it'll be a big deal. Yeah, here's Here's what it is. Here's what it is. All right, let's let's. Uh, ooh, um... Hmm. Let's, uh, should I play that Marjorie Taylor Green clips? Should I play those Marjorie Taylor Green clips? You know what? Let's leave that for the second half of the show. This was a an hour long episode. It's usually an hour long episode, but I mean, like, that's, that's, I'm giving you guys a full episode. And, uh, we'll play the Marjorie Taylor Green clips in the second half. But before we go to the second half of the show, I, I'll take calls in the second half too. You can call into the show by uh, opening up Skype and searching Doomed Live. Excuse me, Doomed Live. And I take the calls that they come in. Anyone could call. You don't have to be a subscriber, which I'll get to in a second. You just have to tune in for the second half of the show on the live stream. I will also read all Super Chats at youtube.com slash Matt Bender. I will read all uh, Twitch um, uh, donations and subscriptions. At twitch.tv slash mapbinder. Uh I will say that um I don't know what happened. Uh why well, do? Well I'll get to we'll get to both of these really quick. This is this is where I, I do my usual promotion, right? My self promos, right? Um It's been a it's been a rough beginning of April in terms of uh the show in terms of uh growing this show because uh I guess a lot of people's Twitch subscriptions lapsed. I guess a lot of people's Patreon subscriptions lapsed. We got a number of declines which happens. Cards expire. Uh people have to cancel due to financial difficulties. Totally get that. This isn't if you cannot afford to support this show, please just enjoy. You could, many other ways you could support this show. Share the content. Let people know about the show. Follow me. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me wherever you're on social media. And share the show. Share the podcast version of the show at doomcast.com. Make your own clips of the show and share it. That's a big help. But if you can become, uh, afford to become a a, a paying uh, supporter, uh, that'd be awesome. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Patreon.com slash Matt Binder is the best way to support this show uh, with a regular monthly subscription. I ask for $5 per month. You can give more, you can give less. Giving more or giving less, you don't get anything extra. Maybe as time, I've been saying this, you know, I really should think of uh, additional tiers and stuff, but I'm not going to talk about the future and what could be, because we all know that I don't have the capacity to, <laughs> to deliver uh, in the time frame I would like uh, in terms of the bonus uh, uh, sort of additional ideas I have. Um, but your support could help me bring on board people to help me roll out these ideas and stuff. Uh so patreon.com slash mapbinder to support this show. And uh I want to thank the people who have become Patreon subscribers. And again, this this last month was, was very slow. So it, it is what it is. It is what it is, yeah? It is what it is. Um and The people who joined since the last show are, oh, hold on, it takes a second to pull up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, uh, Matt S. uh, upped their pledge. Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, Tanya K. became a patron. Brian M. upped their pledge. Thank you so much, Brian. Bryce G. and Brian C. became new patrons. Thank you so much to all of you. And uh, hopefully uh, there'll be new patrons uh, (laughs) to... next week patreon.com slash you can also support this show by connecting your Amazon Prime account if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber to your Twitch account and you get a free Twitch Prime subscription every month and what does that mean it means for no extra cost to you you force Amazon to share part of your Amazon Prime subscription with one Twitch creator each month. So if you don't do that, you're basically giving extra money to Amazon. If you do want to do that, I'm telling you about it because I hope you give it to me. And uh, let me thank the people who just did that. Uh, Titus FF, subscribe at Prime. Thank you so much, Titus. Uh, Tokyo Hans, resubscribe at Prime. Subscriber for 10 months in a row. Thank you, Tokyo Hans. Nicole Bolas Planeswalker, resubscribed Prime, subscriber for two months. Thank you so much, Nicole. Um, XDrac IIX, subscriber Prime, thank you so much. Cutthroat1789, gave out two community gift subs. Thank you, Cutthroat. Cutthroat also resubscribed for one month at Tier 1. They've been a subscriber for four months. And Cutthroat says, I'm definitely not a Jimmy Dore throwaway. Thank you, Cutthroat. Uh, ooh, and subscriber Prime. Thank you, buddy. And uh, I think that's everybody since the last show. Yep, that's everybody. Thank you so much. Oh, and Corn Pop for Prez. Resubscribe with Prime subscriber for 10 months. Binder Rule says, Corn Pop for Prez. Thank you, Corn Pop for Prez. Now, in fact, you rule. All right, with all that said, let's go to the second half of the show. Um, If you are a Patreon subscriber or if you're just watching this show live on YouTube and Twitch right now, nothing will change for you. Just either catch the bonus material when it goes up if you're a Patreon subscriber, which, let me address that. There have been people who say they have not received it. Uh... There's been a problem with Twitch. Not Twitch. There's been a problem with Patreon for a while. And I should have it fixed. And this episode should go up finally. This should be the first bonus episode to actually go up on Patreon like it's supposed to. In quite some time actually. I have all the other bonus episodes for you guys to listen to. Audio only and everything. I gotta find a way to get it to you all. The the ones that weren't going up on Patreon. Um, Because Patreon doesn't let you backdate stuff. And the last thing I want to do is upload dozens of episodes at once and just fill your feed with that stuff. And there would be old episodes too, so it wouldn't make sense. I know people like listening to the older episodes. Some of it is pretty evergreen. But it just doesn't make sense to fill up the Patreon feed that way. I got to figure out a way to get you guys the, the, the stuff that hasn't been going up on Patreon. But you should start getting it in your feed again. The issue should be fixed. If you're watching live on YouTube and Twitch, nothing changes for you. I will briefly put up a, uh, a um, you know, the doomed title card and grab a drink. And, I, and then I'll be back to take calls and play that Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, clips. Um, oh, we just got a Patreon coming in at the nick of time. Bahamut, thank you so much for becoming a patron. And anyone who becomes a patron today gets double thanks because I'm going to read you next week too, for sure, as a new subscriber. And uh, if you're listening to the audio-only version of the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or directly at doomcast.com, you should leave a review, by the way, if you're listening there. Don't forget to leave reviews for the show if you haven't already. If you're just listening to the audio only podcast version of this show, this is where I say, I will see you next time on Doom.